This is Andy Thomas from the Masculine Journey Podcast, where we discover what it means to be a wholehearted man. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Way out here, they got a name for rain and wind and fire. The rain is test, the fire's dough, and they call the wind Mariah. Mariah blows the stars around and sends the clouds a flying. Mariah makes the mountains sound like folks were up there Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now... The north wind meets the sea. There's a mother full of memory. Come, my darling, homeward bound. When all is lost, then all is found. Live today. How fun is that? We are live today from Morningstar. And wow, what is Morningstar? You're going to get to find out a lot about that today on the Christian Car Guy Show, as well as we are at the Man Up Conference with my good friend Nikita Koloff and many from North with uh, from Morningstar Church. And we've got some really special guests here with you. i got to tell you, I'm just absolutely blown away that I have the absolute honor of sitting across from Nick Papa Nikolov. And Nick uh, was essentially, you know, the head man at Aston Martin. Can you believe that? I mean, the, the, the manufacturer of the famous um, car that James Bond r- drove in his story is just absolutely remarkable. And now he's here actually on the board at Morningstar. And I got to meet him and talk with him. What an amazing man as I've been, we've been just sharing. And I'm with also with John Carroll. John, welcome. And uh, Nick, um, so good to have you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And you were born in Athens, right? Yes, I was. Athens, Greece. And his family was in shipping, unbelievably, for generations from the 1800s. And, you know, when you hear the story of how he um, was just miraculously installed at Aston Martin, and then how God used that, um, you're going to hear the north wind blow. And also with me is Jeff Carroll who has had the north wind blowing his life a little bit, is he's a radio guy. Yeah, amen. I am a fellow radio, uh, got it at a young age, just, you know, love radio, I've always loved it, and it's, it's an honor to be here. And so cool, I got to meet him here, and he's with the Army Rising Group with uh, Morning Stars Church, they're, they're a men's group. And so, as you heard the intro today, I, I, I want to tell you that that song, They Call the Wind Mariah, uh, is a miraculous thing in my own life. And that's my daughter's name because it kind of came from that song because my other daughter's name is Tess. And so she wanted to name this child that we weren't supposed to be able to have because I had cancer in Mariah. And so we found out later that the word Mariah, wait a minute, that's Mount Mariah, the Lord will provide. 
And, and so there the wind would blow and provide the daughter that is like just, oh, miraculous in our lives. And so then you heard, right, the, the, the theme song actually from Frozen 2, which is called All is Found. But I love that line. And when you really just think about it, it says, when all is lost, then all is found. What? How does that make sense? Well, I hope we can make sense as we go through this idea of the north wind. And then, of course, let the storm rage on. You're going to see the storms have got everything to do that. So, as always, the Christian Car Guy Show is brought to you by Hebrew Letter. And today's Hebrew Letter is the Hebrew Letter Nun. And the letter Nun, if you were to look at it, looks like a little plant that has just sprung up. It just, it just was planted in good soil because it has everything to do with the idea of faith. And if you have faith, then you will bear good fruit. You, you'll be in the vine and away you go. So you'll understand why I've chose that letter, as it, it has to do with the word Noah. Did you know that? That when you hear Noah, you hear the sound at the beginning. And Noah is grace spelled backwards in Hebrew. So it's a nun and a het. And that idea of faith ends up with a union with Christ. And so that's kind of important because where I'm going with this whole show today, and I appreciate so much you guys listening today, is in the Song of Solomon, in the fourth chapter, you know, here this, this it's the Song of Songs, which is Solomon. It is Jesus is going to describe his church in 14 verses. And, and the first verse, he says, Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. He's trying to give you a vision, help you see something. He re- repeats it twice because he not only wants your eyes to see it, he wants your heart to see how beautiful he sees you. Not only so that you'll understand your own beauty, but so that you can work more towards being more beautiful. So after 15 verses of talking about how smoking hot the bride of Christ is, <laughs> okay? I mean, he goes 15 verses, which, which um, essentially culminates with these verses. Thy plants are an orchard of pomegranates. Actually, you could translate it, it's a paradise of pomegranates and pleasant fruits, campfire and sparknard, sparknard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, and with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the chief spices, a fountain of gardens a well of living waters, and streams from Lebanon. Now, after Jesus just goes through that tremendous explanation of how beautiful we are as his church, what is the only thing that we have in this verse that the bride responds with? This blows my mind. Think about what she says. She, her next words out of her mouth are, awake north wind. That's exactly what she says. She, she then says, blow south wind, but the idea is, and come that, right, the spices thereof of my garden would flow out. The idea being that as the north wind, which is always the idea of adversity, right, that things are going to really go, it has to do with the north winds on your left if you're facing east, and at your left is where the enemies always came from. They come to your, from your weak side. And so... As, as that enemy is approaching, right, the bride, knowing that she has faith in God, you see, because of her faith, she says, bring it, bring the north wind. Because with the north wind, we'll blow our graces amongst. Those who know me well know that I had, uh, was, was 
diagnosed in 1996 with killer cell lymphoma. There were only three people that had it, from what I understand, in the country, and those didn't live two or three months. And I was a baby Christian. I, I, I'd been in the faith maybe two years, and I was working at the dealership there as a general manager, and I had these tumors all over my body that were in my skin, and you could see them all over me. I looked like Job, and I was back in my office, and uh, a pastor there in Winston-Salem by the name of Richard Little came by, and he said, God spoke to me today and said there was a man here that needs to be healed do you know who? And of course, my finance manager said, well, that's got to be Robbie sitting back in the, his office. He has lymphoma and we're all worried about him. And, you know, it's, it looks tragic. So here comes this little man and he's a little old man. And of course, I, I don't know much about being a Christian. And I certainly had never been to a Pentecostal church or had any idea of, of, of the idea of anointing with oil or laying hands on somebody so this little dude he comes and he pours oil on my head and he starts praying <laughs> and i was like okay yeah. <laughs> so i'm not saying that i had the faith to be healed in any way i knew that i was in deep trouble i knew this man wanted to pray for me i'm like good that's wonderful i know that god apparently told him to pray for me that's even better so whatever he's doing this ought to be good you know so this was on a friday afternoon true story absolutely it's in the book uh divine miracles and been published all over the place um, that I had tours all over me on Friday and Monday I was supposed to start my first chemotherapy treatment and although I probably had 150 200 tumors in my skin wow. on Friday on Monday I was clean as a whistle you couldn't even tell they'd ever wow. been there wow. and when the when they did the biopsy um, to see what was going on the report from the, um, what do they call it, the pathology report, was that the cancer had turned on itself and ate itself. Wow. Wow. Or, in, in other words, God did something, mm -hmm. like amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, as a result, all these people all of a sudden wanted to hear my testimony. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and due to the north wind blowing in my life, right, all these People wanted me to come talk, and, and again, I was not known to be a public speaker, and, and God opened up wow. that door for me to share that story because the north wind had blown, although I wasn't the bride that was here and said, okay, come on, north wind. <laughs> but, so as I tell that story, and you think about that, wow, it was the worst of times, it was the best of times. How does that play out in your life? And I would love for you to call in today. It's a little awkward because my producer is going to have to text me when she gets a call. But we want you to call at 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And tell us your story. When did God do that in your life? When we come back, you're going to hear this amazing story about Aston Martin. You're going to find out more about Morningstar, the Man Up Conference with Nikita Koloff. And, of course, you haven't even begun to talk about you know, Jeff's stories. We've got so much. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Bothered me 
The uh, Blow North Wind is the name of our show today on the Christian Car Guys Show. We are live from Morningstar Church, an amazing, amazing facility here in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And with us, we have really Nick Papa Nikolov, who was the former chairman of Aston Martin. And what a story that is. And we're talking about how in your life did the north wind blow? And as a result, people got to see Jesus in you. He's, your faith shined. And in, in doing so, it's kind of interesting. As the wind blows pollen, so your faith is blown about by the north wind sometimes. And, and that, that, faith, that faith can then spread as it, as it hits good soil. It, it can take root and, and other people come believe stronger as a result of your story. So as always, if you've heard the stories on the Christian Car Guy Show, man, I can tell you that they forever make my day. So I need you to call 866-348-7884. Your story, you are the stars of the show. 866-348-7884. Who knows across the country who might be encouraged by how the north wind blew on your garden and how God used that um, in, in other people's lives. So one of those stories we have in front of us is Nick's story. So Nick was in shipping, and unfortunately, or for, very fortunately, I shouldn't say, but unfortunately for Aston Martin, they were in bad trouble, right? They were being run by a couple of British men that were running in the ditch. Yes. Uh, this was in the early 80s, and by um, 19, at the end of 1982, uh, basically the, uh, the labor force who were all artisans because the car was completely hand built. There was no, you know, automated uh, uh, production line. Um, so they had to mold the from rec- starting with re- rectangular pieces of aluminum. They, they'd mold the whole car by hand, and so the labor force had walked off, and the factory had basically shut down uh, by December of 1982, and. Um, I had been involved with them from uh, starting from uh, uh, three years before that by buying into the U.S. distributor, which was owned by the two English guys who owned the factory. And so by December of 1982, I was uh, already the, um, uh, through a holding company of mine, was the 100% owner of the U.S. distributor. And I also owned a 10% uh, share of the, of the factory. And then the factory closed down, so uh, arguably my U.S. Dis- distributorship investment had gone to zero because I couldn't get any cars to sell uh, all over America. And at that point, one of the two British guys that owned the, um, the factory, each one of them owned 45%, uh, was having trouble with his other business, which was the, the um, oil products uh, distribution business. It was a guy by the name of uh, Victor Gauntlet. Uh, very British, uh, rather arrogant. And so uh, he came to me and he asked if I would be interested to buy his 45% share of the factory. And so we did that deal (coughs) in uh, December of 1982, at which point I was now the 55% shareholder of Aston Martin, and at which point I went in as CEO um, with a mission to really make this investment worthwhile. And um, we did. Uh, thank, thank, thanks be to God. Within the, the first 12 months after we took over, the factory had opened. We had double production, and we went from um, 
a loss that they had had of 1.4 million pounds during their last 12 months to a profit of 1.1 million uh, pounds but I love the, all I love, in a year. Yeah, I love the story of how you did that, right? Because mm. you, you called it that, that, that Mr. Gauntlet, which was aptly named, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. to New York. And, and can you relate that story of what happened in those discussions? Well, you know, he, having lost his other business, uh, was uh, asking me to retain him as COO of the company. I, I repeat, I, was, I went in as CEO. And so I, I uh, asked him to come to New York to meet with me. And when he came, we, our first meeting, uh, I said, well, explain to me, why did the labor force walk off? And so he said, well, they, they, they asked for a big salary increase that we could not give them. And so I said, well, how much was the salary increase that they asked for? And he said, oh, uh, I don't know, 25%. And I said, okay. Uh, and when was the last time that they had a salary increase? And... Uh, that's where the arrogance started to come out. And he said, well, oh, oh, I don't know. He said five, six years ago. So, you know, I'm thinking, what's 25% divided into five or six years? It's four or 5% a year. You know, it's, it's not something that you shut down the factory over, especially when you're selling the most expen expensive car in, in the world. And so, and then I said to him, I said, okay, um, uh, if you gave everything that they asked for, the labor force, that 25% increase, 25%, 26%, what would the consequent increase in the cost of each car be? Aston Martin was making four models at the time. Uh, the top of the line was the four-door car, which was the uh, Lagonda. And then there was, uh, uh, there was the Aston Martin Vantage, which was the high-performance street production car. And then there was the convertible. And then there was the basic car. And so amazingly, when I asked him that question, he said, I don't know. And so I was sitting there thinking, so you shut down the factory because you didn't want to give a 25% increase after not giving them an increase for five or six years, and you don't even know what the cost, the increased cost per car is. I mean, that is a model of mismanagement. And so I said to him, I said, uh, Victor, go back to your hotel put all the figures together and come back tomorrow morning and let me know what the consequent increase in cost for each one of the four models is going to be. And so he comes back the next morning. And by the way, I'll preface this by saying that the, uh, for example, the top of the line model, which was the uh, Lagonda, uh, um, me being the distributor, uh, I knew that we were selling it for $150,000 at retail, uh, but it was costing us $75,000. Wow. So unfortunately, we got to go to a break as you hear that music. But you can see that there might have been some room for some increase. <laughs> but wait till you hear the rest of this story and, of course, how God used this uh, to really help a lot of folks, a lot of folks. But we will be right back with lots more Christian Car Guy Show. we got one call lined up in Raleigh, and we would love for your call, 866-34-TRUTH. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Away out here, they got a name for rain and wind and fire. 
The rain is test, the fire's Joe, and they call the wind Mariah. Mariah blows the stars around and sends the clouds a flying. Mariah. Uh, let the north wind blow today on the Christian Car Guy Show and We've got a wonderful, wonderful setup here at Morningstar. Like, what a facility. You have to see it. And it, when you look at it, is actually a picture of the North Wind. Because for those who are familiar with the Jim and Tammy Baker story, the North Wind certainly did blow in Fort Mill, South Carolina. But to see what it is today, from what I understand, am I right, Nick? There are over 20 churches in this area that used to be Heritage USA. Yeah, there are, but you know, Morningstar. I think uh, if you look at it worldwide, in the in Morningstar, there are more than ten thousand pastors, and oh. each each one of them has a congregation. So you can imagine the size of it now. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, and when you think about this facility, like oh my goodness, and and they have. All sorts of people living here, and it's just gigantic. One of those people that live here is Jeff. Yeah. And it's absolutely beautiful. We're going to get into that in a minute. We're going to finish Nick's story. When we left those people at, at Aston Martin, um, there was a big labor dispute. We've got to get into that. But before we do that, we've got a caller in Raleigh, and I would love to hear your story. So, caller, what you got for us? Hello. Hello. You're, on, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Am I the fifth caller? You're you're the first caller, so you just go ahead and tell us your story. Oh, I'll, I'll pick it. Um, that what a miracle, what a blessing that is uh, to hear about the uh, uh, Morning Star. Um, I hesitated in calling, but I thought that you know, hopefully, it would help someone out or some people out there. Um, God delivered me from 45, well, from 15 to about 60 um, uh, years of uh, drugs and alcohol. You can't have one without the other, you know. And then, of course, the cigarettes go with that. Um, Same for my use at the Eagle. Um, he, I am, uh, I run and do not fall these days. I have more joy that I have ever had in my entire life, and I wanted to live each day. You know what it feels like to live a passion for the Lord, and each and every day, He's given me a reason. It took a while. <laughs> well, for it took a while for me, but He stayed on me through many motorcycle many. What uh, was the? I'm I'm inter I'm mm -hmm. sorry. You had a car accident. Many car accidents, many motorcycle wrecks over the years that I should not have survived. There's no way. I lost many friends along the way from substances, from other, from you know, uh, motorcycle and, and car wrecks. So what um, was it that actually happened? Can you kind of take us back to that moment where you went from dark to light? I realized looking back, He's been there all, all along. You know, I was cleaning out my house the other night, and I realized, and coincidentally enough, not um, we've been studying on Second, we've been studying on Second Corinthians five seventeen, but I realized standing there cleaning out pictures and cars and whatever else, 
that I had just packed up and moved to a different home because I didn't want to go through those. You know, I didn't want to look through them. But I realized when I was doing that the other night that I'm not the same person. It's like I felt nothing towards these cards and letters that I have been putting off. But the dark to the light, it's been, I don't know, like, I, I don't know when. It just, I would say several times, but then I went back to what I knew. Like that verse when a thought, well, I won't go there. <laughs> no, I understand. I mean, it. don't we all, to some extent? <laughs> if we, Those who've battled with that, I, yeah. Well, God bless you. I'm so grateful for your call and for your testimony. Your courage to call in today. It was beautiful. No, they, well, I didn't do it. It's, it's Christ through me. And uh, and I used to think, you know, is this all in vain? And uh, I even wrote that out, Lord, I don't, you know, or I don't want my life to all be in vain. Um, so 40 well, years later after writing that, it, it has not been in vain. This has all been a reason for this. Oh, yeah, you know that. That's right. That's right. My friend Bob Young, who's my Christian junkyard guy, says it this way because he, too, was involved in drugs and alcohol at one point in time. They asked him to teach a Sunday school class, and he thought he was disqualified. But what he figured out was <laughs> what, he, what made him disqualified actually made him uniquely qualified. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that, right. That, 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 that's how that happens. Well, thank you so much for calling in. God bless. Have a yes, great day. Sir, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we got to pick up the, the labor crisis at Aston Martin. And uh, you had sent uh, Mr. Gauntlet home, uh, back to his uh, the hotel to figure out how much the cost was per vehicle to increase if they were to get this 25% increase. Nick, so, so take it from there. Yeah, so, you know, it was incredible, of course, that he had, he had not gone through that calculation himself when he was CEO of Aston Martin. But nonetheless, uh, I sent him home. And as I was saying before we, uh, we uh, took the break, uh, I knew as the U.S. Dis distributor that uh, we were importing the Lagonda at the time at a landed cost of right around $75,000, and we were retailing it for one hundred and fifty. And so, anyway, he came back the next day, and he had the figures for each one of our four models. And I remember that the figure, the, which was the incremental cost to us if we acceded to the labor's uh, 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 demands, was going to be $637 a car. <laughs> and now, <laughs> wow. this is why I give all the credit to God, because it's not that I was you know, some genius that came in and redesigned the factory and how they produced the car. No, all I needed to do where God put me was to be decent and to have some common sense, decent to my fellow man and have some common sense. That was all that was required of me. And so, you know, it was a, it was a hands, hands down decision, an easy decision. And we went on down through the list of each one of our four models. And I remember that for the basic model, the incremental cost was something like $300. So at that point, I told him, I said, look, here, here are my instructions to you. I said, I want you to go back to your hotel now. I want you to call the leaders of the labor force and set up a meeting with them uh, for tomorrow afternoon at the factory. The factory at the time was in, in Buckinghamshire, in a place called Newport Pagno. I said, I want you to go back, call them, 
and meet with them tomorrow afternoon. And at the meeting, I want you to tell them that the new owners have uh, acceded to all their uh, uh, demands. And there again, you know, you saw that British class arrogance because he said, well, I couldn't possibly do that. And I said, well, why not? And he said, because that would be a tremendous loss of face. And I said, well, Victor, it's either a loss of face for you or I'm going to find another COO. And so he agreed. And I said, and I've got a second instruction. And he said, what's that? And I said, I want you to gear up the factory to double production. And he said, we couldn't sell the cars that we have. And how are you going to sell double the production? And I said, yes, but you made a strategic error. I said, you focused on Arab princes. And there are only so many Arab princes out of Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and the United Arab Emirates. We are going to focus on the American market. And so he went back and he did that. We started an advertising campaign in America with uh, high-end uh, print you know, magazines like Town and Country, and we would run a whole page ad, uh, and there would be two beautiful mansions that we, we, we shot at somewhere in the suburbs of uh, Chicago, and uh, uh, there would be a, a beautiful hedge dividing the two properties. And so the guy on the left uh, in the print ad would be parting the leaves and the branches of the hedge to peer into his uh, neighbor's driveway. <laughs> and in the neighbor's driveway, of course, there was a brand new Aston Martin. And underneath, in big letters, the ad said, demoralize thy neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, was, it may not appear very Christian, but it was, uh, it was a very catchy uh, advertising campaign. And the result was that we actually doubled production and we sold everything uh, that we produced. And so we turned the factory from a loss uh, under the, the two British guys to a profit within the first 12 months that we took it over. And again, I repeat, you know, as I think back on the experience, it was, uh, it was of course, a very happy experience for me. But it wasn't that I was a genius or some dynamo or anything like that. I really feel God put me into that position. And all I had to do was to be decent and have some common sense. And of course, the workers... You and know, they were very happy. Uh, you know, who actually, the, or, you know, the fundal, fundamental part of any company is the people. Yeah. And, and wow, it's exactly. beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Well, we've got more about Morningstar. Of course, we haven't even talked about the Man Up Conference or Jeff. So we're going to be back with all that. And hopefully your calls, 866-34-TRUTH. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Hello, Northwind. Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, we're so grateful for you listening today, and we're excited as we can be because we are at Morningstar's facility here in Fort Mill, South Carolina, with um, Nikita Koloff's Man Up Conference. Okay, it's been absolutely spectacular for those of us who have been here. Last night, we had a amazing international evangelist by the name of Frank Shelton, and talking about manning up in the north wind he described something i'd never heard this story but i wanted my listeners to hear it because it's so neat 
he described the eagle, and I never knew this, but the eagle is the only bird that can look at the sun. As a matter of fact, I kind of Googled that this morning, and I found out that the eagles, according to legend, hold their young chicks up to the sun, and if they don't keep looking at the sun and they turn away, they kick them out of the, vent, out of the nest. So they've got to be able to look to the sun. So this eagle, this atheist was studying eagles, and he saw this eagle get attacked by a hawk and a falcon, and all these other birds came after this eagle. And when these other birds attacked this eagle, what it did, clearly outnumbered and should have been wiped out, it flew straight for the sun. And as it flew straight for the sun, you could imagine that for the other birds, in order to see the eagle, they would be fighting that side of the sun, which would burn their eyes. But the eagle kept flying. And as you think about that picture, and the idea of the north wind, is that we, as Christians, are the only ones who get, get, get close to Christ. In other words, when you go to that, that sacred place, the secret place in the stairs, you can look at Jesus and you can look him in the eye like Moses can. You can go to the throne of grace. And when you go there, no demon can follow you. No demon can follow you because what? They can't look into the sun. They can't look into the sun. And, and, and Pastor Rick Joyner said this in an earlier uh, session. He said, you know, if you're struggling... We know one of the problems is you, you, you've lost, you know, somebody's moved away from Christ because in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand, by the way, or pleasure is forevermore, which is the south wind. Um, and so that idea of manning up, right, is come on, north wind, bring it, bring it, because Jesus is going to take what was evil and, and he's going to use it for good. And, and we've seen it so much here. And I also... Nick, since I've got you here and you've, you've been along the journey on, and with Morningstar, what would you share with the listeners that they may not know about Morningstar? Oh, uh, I, I, I'm happy to answer that. But if I could add, with your permission, something about the bald-headed eagle. Please. Which a lot of people don't know, is that the founders, when they were trying to figure out what the symbol of the new republic was going to be, the, the new America, pretty soon they settled on, on the eagle as a species, you know, for obvious reasons. But then they had to pick from the various subspecies within the eagle uh, family which one it was going to be. And one of the reasons they settled on the bald-headed eagle is because they said it has no semblance of a crown on its head. Wow. That was one of the reasons. Wow. So I thought I'd add that yeah. to... Um, it's beautiful. To, to, ...to what you said. Yeah. Uh, now, as to Morningstar, uh, I, I have the, the, the privilege and the honor to sit on its board. I've, I've been on its board for quite a few years, and it is an incredible uh, ministry. It took over this, this campus, which used to, was developed by, by Jim uh, Baker. And, of course, it was completely dilapidated. That was about 20 years ago. And uh, I remember coming into this building that where we are right now, and there were, you know, uh, electric wires hanging out of the ceiling and there was there were places inside this building where there were internal rains so you'd be walking down here on main street and over there you'd see in the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the rain what's growing because, there yeah uh, it was incredible so so the ministry has done just done by god's grace has done an incredible job of, of revitalizing this place and it's now a community 
this particular facility here used to have 500 hotel rooms uh, and it was the main hotel. It now has something like 250 because a number of the apartments, uh, actually the, the rooms have been converted into apartments and there are full-time residents here. It's called the Heritage Community and uh, I'm, I have the privilege of being one of those. And so what they did is they took, in some cases, two former bedrooms and in some other cases three former bedrooms and made them into a sort of a, a very nice one-bedroom apartment with a kitchen and and so forth and um, but you know more importantly the the the, the preaching the teaching that takes he place here uh, the various programs that they have the worship music you know the different orchestras you know bands that exist here etc is uh, it's a very very rich spiritually rich environment and uh, every time I come up here I, I live in Florida but every time I come up here I get you know completely recharged spiritually. Oh, how lucky am I that I, I got to be here the day that you're here yeah. <laughs> actually like wow I am so grateful one of those people that live here is Jeff Carroll right and Jeff was in radio in Los Angeles right you were syndicated yeah a, sort of a regular market talk show host yeah and uh so, a little of your story. We don't have a lot of time, well, but yeah. if you could give us the the, the elevator version. Well, anyway. it's kind of it's kind of amazing how God orchestrates things, um, and it's uh, a blessing to be here, and it's an honor to be here with you guys here today. Um, Manup Conference has been amazing. Um, my journey, basically, when I was a little boy, kind of in a nutshell, there were two things I loved. I loved cars. We all collected Hot Wheels and oh, really? boxes. And, Good guy. Yeah, and so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at a very young age, I knew kind of what I liked. Um, so I'm going to school, and my brother went to Art, Col uh, Art Center College to design in Pasadena. My, my brother, uh, who's in heaven now, was, but was a uh, world-renowned uh, painter. Um, really? Like has work in the Guggenheim and whatnot. But anyway, I was just younger brother. I would go to Art Center of College Design. I walked in there, and I saw these beautiful concepts, these designs of the futuristic cars. And I thought to myself, I'd love to do automotive design. Really? Mm -hmm. So, and then, the, but there's also the part of me where I loved the idea of radio, listening to Top 40 radio back in the, you know, the 70s and the, you know, the Wolfman boss radio. Jack. Yeah, exactly. You know, You're 93, <laughs> 93, Cage J. So I grew up with that and the music and the excitement living in, in the Los Angeles area. So I was, so I went to high school. When I was in college, um, I said, do, I, I was looking at automotive design and I was looking at radio and I was kind of torn. And so... I, did, I, I took a automotive design class or a, a art class, and the instructor was kind of, you know, not, I wasn't feeling it. And I, I took a broadcasting class by, I remember this teacher to this day, and he was a big inspiration in my life. His name is Al Miller. And he, he, he took me under his wing, and he really encouraged me. So from there, I went to Columbia School of Broadcasting, and um, I learned a valuable word while I was going to uh, Columbia. It was called internship. And I got an internship at a radio station in Los Angeles called Power 106. It was a number one station in Los Angeles at the time. And so I, that was where I learned the business of broadcasting, learned you know, street promotion. I learned uh, live events, things like that. Um, how to get t people to listen longer, right? We all know those little terms. But the key word was, I was, I remember praying, and this is before I got saved, but I, but I was praying, right? I mean, and I, I right, was, right. I was I saying, understand. Lord, you know, if, if, if you develop my career, and I had this, this vision of me driving down PCH through a tunnel in a sports car, I said, I'll do anything for you, Lord, right? 
So I uh, was able to parlay that into working really hard and then getting a nationally well, syndicated talk show. The good news is I've got Jeff right here. We're going to move on to Kingdom Pursuits. For those of you who are, who are on the Truth Network, we'll be able to hear that here in a minute. For those others, you can always go to um, any of my podcasts, at Christian Carguy, and listen to Jeff's podcast. And I want to remind you that all those verses we talked about in the Song of Solomon are in my daily podcast, which is all there at ChristianCarguy.com, as well as all sorts of information about Nikita Koloff shows and, and all's there at ChristianCarguy.com. And, 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 of course, I want to thank, of course, Nick for being with us today. What an honor, sir, to have you here. And a, a really, a car guy, one of the few I've ever had a chance to interview, actually. Somebody that is a car guy from my point of view, uh, which is a little unusual, but he is one.